Welcome to Important Not Important. My name is Quinn Emmett. Is it? My name is Brian Colbert Kennedy. You know, that's what they... Anyways, they told me that's what my name was. (laughs) Welcome to episode 18, and today we're talking to the great Dr. Phil Plate. Uh, Man, the bad astronomer. Uh, He is an astronomer, an (laughs) author, science communicator extraordinaire, and we're talking about rebuilding foundations of american science and where does it start enthusiasm it starts with enthusiasm yes yeah, science fuck yeah fuck yeah Love um that. yeah man anyways this one's awesome uh it's nerdy super nerdy fun angry excited it's great we're very thankful that phil spent that time with yeah us. pretty awesome he 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 is a goofball and i loved it it's a very very fun combo i'm super into it um goofball who knows more a than a lot so much <laughs> So many things. Um, hey, what's going on? What's going on with the store? Uh, store's killing it. Everything's great. Important, not important. Dot store or dot com slash store. Yeah, yeah. God damn it. Whatever. Um, I'm wearing uh, the new the yeah, uh, new yeah, shirt. New t-shirt. People love it. Everyone's asking questions. They go, "What does that say?" And then yeah. you tell them, and they go, "I'm going to do that." And then they go, "I'll download the podcast." You go, "No, do it now. Just right now. I'll stand right here. Do you and have wait. your phone? Because the answer is you do. Definitely do. Open up their thing. It's built in." It's so Whether easy. That's okay. And you just download it for them. It's like how you used to give people your phone number. Now you take their phone, then you just put yeah, your phone number Yeah, and you just add in. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go in and subscribe. Take to the people's podcast phones. And subscribe <laughs> to the podcast. Just people people you don't know. They will appreciate it, and then the world won't die. Um, it's going great. Uh, pick up some summer gear. Uh, and we're coming up on a few other things, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, the summer is going to be exciting. Uh, like issue 100 of the newsletters. Insanity. That's I can't crazy. That. So many words. <laughs> So many words, but our SEO people say that's a good thing. I know what SEO um, means. What does it mean? Se- security enforcement officer. That's exactly. We have people that do we that. We have that. We're yep. very important that's and Teddy. people follow us around. That's Teddy. Yeah, Teddy. Look, Teddy. Well, Ted. Teddy, kill. He's got, he literally has like the cutest sticker stuck oh, to his hair for life with toddlers. Yeah. Poor guy. Um, anyways, we got summertime coming up. Very exciting. Uh, again, not trying to make this too timely, but we've got some cool stuff coming up. Yeah, no, Pretty we're excited. just excited and so we want to talk about it. That's um, uh Teddy's doing great. He's such a cutie. Um, I'm always so much happier when he's here. Not that I'm not happy when it's just me and you, but when he's here, it's like an extra level of sure. excitement and happiness. So how pumped was he to see you on your motorcycle? I know, that was so great. Usually people don't recognize me through my helmet, Teddy does. Yeah, he's smarter than that. <laughs> he's smarter than people generally. What else is going on? Um, again, not to get too timely, but this is kind of what it's all about. Uh, Brian, we've got some primaries happening. We sure do. Mm-hmm. Currently and, so, and upcoming. Traditionally, America, you don't participate <laughs> in primaries. Um, yeah, real Even less turnouts. than regular voting, which is shocking and difficult to do. <sighs> but this is it, Brian. It's fucking starting. Yeah, this now, is like for real what we need to do. So what we literally honestly. what we've been building up to, this is what's starting. It's not just November 6th. We got to put the people in the right position. Nothing's going to change if we don't do anything. November 6th. Uh, please, people, get informed. Get out there and just please vote. Um, use your voice. Use your vote. It's in the Constitution. Uh, for some of you, they've been trying to take that away for quite a while. Long time. Or you didn't have it at first because you're a particular color or gender. Now you do, so maybe take advantage of it. I don't know. <sighs> please, let's do it. Check out... Uh, Places like 314 Action. Yep, yep. Um, find candidates near you who understand science and reason um, and are ready to rebuild our fucking society <laughs> on those principles, <laughs> on evidence, on long-term c- concern for uh, humanity and the planet's well-being. All those things go together. Yeah, it's all connected. This is it. I uh, feel like I, 
I speak for other people. I'm certainly saying this for me and I speak for others. Like uh, often that the reasons I was uh, not involved in this is because I felt like I didn't know. And it's easier than ever to find out anything you want to find out now. So hard not to know. If now. there's a, if think of an issue that you think is important and you're passionate about, go look up who is running where you live and, and agrees with you and then just go fucking vote for them. Right. Please, please. And again, and we get into this a little bit today and we've talked about in other episodes, you're not going to agree with anybody on everything. Right, right. Especially these people running for office. They're pulled in so many different directions. Yeah. But there's a few things <laughs> that we can't escape from that are kind of important that if you could just find a way, whatever your values are, right. to settle with them on that. And then we'll get to the other stuff. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. We can't, we're not going to fix all of the problems no. right now. And you're not going to agree on everything. That's the way it works, especially in a broken two-party system. Right. However, there's a few things like putting science and evidence-based decision-making back into uh, the, 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 the houses and the positions and the institutions right. that decide for our country and have a heavily influence, heavy influence on the world, we need those people in there. Yeah. And then we'll deal with everything else. Let's start there. Let's start there. On yeah. that note, <laughs> let's go talk to Phil. We should talk to Phil. Because he's got some shit to say. <laughs> let's do this. Bye. Our guest today is the bad astronomer, Phil Plate, and together we're going to discuss building a flexible, approachable, and fun new science foundation in America. Uh, Phil, welcome. Thanks. Phil, tell us real quick uh, who you are and what you do. Who I am is uh, <laughs> Phil. That grammar came out a little odd. Um, my name is Phil Plate. I am an astronomer, classically trained with a PhD and all that nonsense, and uh, over the years, I have become more of a science communicator. I don't do research so much anymore, but I do love science and I love talking about science. I like talking about not just the science itself, but how we do it, why it's important, how it's mm -hmm. affected by politics, all of that stuff. And I've been doing that now oh, for a long time. Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've written books and I got a blog and I do TV shows and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. That's awesome, man. Uh, it, 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 we, we have seen, and we're going to talk about this a lot, you know, a growing prevalence of folks of, of the scientifically minded, uh, slash educated slash, uh, doctored like yourself that have taken it upon themselves either more recently this year, uh, to either become more of a communicator or to just straight up run for office. We've yeah. Talked a bunch of those folks. Or folks like you, you said, uh, have been doing it for quite a while and, and have, have sort of galvanized this, this movement of uh, taking advantage of new technologies and interest to uh, hopefully build science enthusiasm and defend real science uh, across the world. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's set up our conversation for, uh, for today. Um, Phil, we're big believers in, in questions that promote action mm -hmm. um we want to get to, to the bottom of this today's you know topic so that everybody actually really gets it and then because these times call for action uh formulate some some steps that we can uh that we can take and all of our listeners can take to hopefully make a little dent in the world does that sound good yes awesome um <laughs> so bill we start with one important question that kind of gets to the heart of why you're here today and again that's both on the podcast and existentially. Uh, so instead of saying, like, tell us your life story, we like to ask, Phil, why are you vital to the survival of the species? I'm not. So quick. <laughs> we get that quite a bit. You, 
You need anything else? Um, <laughs> Why do you get out of bed in the morning? As I wake up. These are easy questions. Mm-hmm. Um, going to be like this. No, Next, what's your I favorite have color? A, uh, I have a daughter, and she is uh, over 21. So my usefulness as a human, <laughs> as far as my DNA goes, is done. Um, yeah, we're we're gone. I'm just riding on inertia at this point. Um, but I, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to help the world. That sounds more grandiose maybe than it deserves, but I'm, I'm trying to, to make the world a better place uh, on my own by telling people about science. And honestly, a lot of folks have the wrong idea about it. What I want to convey is that the natural world is really cool Mm-hmm. It doesn't care what we believe politically or religiously or anything like that. It's going to keep doing what it's doing. We need to be aware of it. We need to understand it. We need to have the right tools to process this information, predict the you know the consequences of our own actions and what's going on around us so that we can continue to make this planet habitable and our species uh, viability ensured for as long into the future as we can. I love it. See, that wasn't so hard. You're supposed to be here, Phil. See? Not for you. You just listen to it. I had actually say that stuff. <laughs> and this is a total sidetrack, talking about all, all the different things you've done among your many multimedia contributions from books to TV shows and such. Uh, what, we learned you were an advisor on the movie Arrival, yes? Vaguely, yes. I, as a nerd and as a, I'm, my primary gig as a screenwriter, I, I loved that movie and thought Eric did a phenomenal job adapting it. Uh, to the screen. I was just curious your experience and involvement on that. Awesome time. film. Well, yeah, I really like the movie too. It's a good flick. And I, I do enjoy time travel when it's handled well mm-hmm. or or in a way where you're watching it going, what am I watching? And it takes you a little while to figure it out. I love that kind of thing. Sure. Um, the, the entire story of how I got involved with it is long and complicated. But in the end, I saw... Um, a version of the script. It wasn't quite final yet. And uh, they asked me for my opinion on it. And I sent a page of notes into this, to the, uh, the company, the, mm-hmm. the production company, basically. And most of it was fairly vague describing the aliens and maybe how they think and how they move, given that they're symmetric. For those of you who haven't seen the movie, uh, this is going to make no sense. Just, just go watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, not your ears. Uh, but, but what the, the one contribution and this is so ridiculous. Um, uh, Jeremy Renner's character is a scientist. Uh-huh. And when uh, they tell him about the aliens and he, he's, he asks, you know, are they sending us any information? Are they trying to communicate with us? And he says, Did, have, they, have they sent us any Fourier series? And the Fourier series isn't like a series of numbers. It's not like one, two, three, four, five. It's a mathematical process that you use to analyze signals, images, sounds, things like that. And so what he meant was like a series of numbers that they could have sent us as a way of, you know, universal communication. Decoder so ring. I, yeah, basically, yeah. And so I, I, I changed that. I said I wanted to keep it something that started with F. So I said, how about the Fibonacci series, which is a series of numbers? And you can look that up. There's all kinds of things that go on with that. And it's it it it's reproducible in nature, but it's not the kind of thing you would expect a signal to be comprised of. Nobody would send a series of numbers uh, in the Fibonacci sequence. So that would be a way of, of them saying, hey, we're here, we're intelligent, we have math, and this is going to be the basis of how we understand each other. 
so that that was literally my contribution to the movie is uh, I, I changed one word that Jeremy Renner says. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> but it, you know, got my name in the credits. So, yeah, hey, that's that awesome, was very man. cool. I mean, I, it's also very silly, but there you go. Hey, look, man, <laughs> uh, you know, there's this, maybe you've heard of it. There's this great organization uh, called the Science and Entertainment Exchange, which is so amazing and doesn't get enough uh, play. It's basically this organization of, of scientists that have volunteered to essentially help out screenwriters to make science in entertainment better. Accurate. Um, You know, storytelling is always going to have to take precedence in the very end. And a lot of times it's not up to the screenwriter or director, but uh, you know, for, for the screenwriters out there that haven't uh, or aspiring writers of any sort that haven't heard of it, check it out. Um, And we thank all the scientists that volunteer their time. It's amazing. You can, literally email them and say, Hey, I got a question on, you know, astronomy. And they'll say, cool, we've got a couple people that could talk to you and, and they'll help you work over your story. And it's, it's great. And, uh, we, we appreciate contributions like that. That's, uh, I will second that I've been working with them since literally their inception. Oh, that's awesome. And in fact, that's how I got the arrival gig. I was in LA and they sometimes will, I'll, I'll visit the town and for a day, the science and entertainment exchange will arrange for, me or someone else to visit production companies, writers, whatever, and talk to them about productions they're working on, or maybe ideas they have, something like that. And that's what happened. I actually was visiting a producer about a different script, but he was also involved with Arrival, and that's how I saw it. Oh, that's so great! Well, I, I yeah, love to see. I love it those guys; away. they're great. And you got one word in the movie. And yeah, that's thanks for the perfect. Fibonacci we'll series line. <laughs> but hey, man, that well, could, in fact, could make or break I'm, it. I'm, yeah, well, uh, in that case, no. But uh, in some cases, you know, they, they'll say something and you'll go, oh, no. Yeah, right. Uh, and, and so what I love about the exchange, too, is that it's not just that they want to get the science right. They want the portrayal of scientists to be better. Yes. Oh. And I'm super excited about that. That's a really, really important, I might even say critical factor. When you look at the way scientists are portrayed, that can guide the public's attitude about science. It really can. I mean, how many people watched uh, a Marvel movie in the past 10 years? A lot. Probably several. Sure. Um, Sure. Several people have done that. And when you look at the way scientists are portrayed in that movie, typically they're pretty good. They're, they're funny, interesting, uh, often heroic and and heroic. Yeah. It's mm, Bruce Banner is a very, a warm human being, right? Maybe Tony Stark isn't, but now I'm forgetting the guy's name, uh, who's in the Thor movies, um, Skarsgård, uh, Eric something, I can't remember. And I've been oh, watching yeah. all the movies, There's you know, so I could get ready for Infinity War. Sure. Um, but I can't, can't remember his name. But all of these <laughs> characters, oh, and, 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 and uh, Jane Foster, uh, right? right? Oh, uh, Natalie Portman's character. Yeah. And so we have more women in these movies, more people of color in these movies. We have scientists who are human. And I love that so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what they, really they, you know, uh, Sh- Shuri, yeah, I don't know if you saw Black Panther yet, but, yeah. you know, Shuri's a, a revelation. I mean, uh, sh- that that role in itself and their portrayal of her in that yeah. movie. Yeah, m- she's great. Might enable like a generation of, of, of women of color to become scientists. And that's incredible. And that's um, not an exaggeration. Uh, if no. you ask a lot of people, uh, well, like me, scientists and, and nerds, what inspired them when they were a kid. And and they'll give you answers like Star Trek. 
Uh, and in my case, in my case, uh, you know, it's not next generation because I'm older than that. Uh, <laughs> it was the original series and reruns, sure. Lost in Space, Space yeah. 1999, which a lot of people haven't even heard of Space nowadays. Space 1999. It was a huge show in the 1970s. Those shows inspired me and the scientists on those shows inspired me. Now, a lot of the scientists look like me, uh, uh, right. white guys, sure. basically. Uh, but now we're getting more diversity. We're seeing people who look like other people. And I love it. Uh, we're, I don't want to throw away, right away, half the population by, by not encouraging women to be interested in science. And when I was a kid, that was not something that was done. Uh, now it yep. is. Yep. Uh, I mean, the encouragement, not the discouragement. Uh, and a movie like Black Panther, uh, come on. That's, that's, it was a huge movie. It's got a lot of representation in it for African-Americans. And that's that's wonderful. There's so many people out there who may not, they don't have to become scientists, but if they're inspired to learn more yeah, about science, and they see somebody like them, who's, it doesn't even have to be science, just seeing people who are enthusiastic about learning, people who are enthusiastic about uh, technology, Yeah, that's all wonderful. That's all inspiring. And, yeah, we'll take uh, it. I, I think the world in 15, 20 years, hopefully is going to be a lot different than what it was when I was a kid. Yeah, you hope so. And then, you know, on the other side, uh, you know, similar representation was Hidden Figures, where I think a lot of people, uh, that movie did so well and it was so well done. And and I think a lot of folks looked at it and went like, I didn't even know that story existed. Right. I didn't know those women were real or that was possible. And hopefully similarly, it makes them go like, well, shit. What, what, why isn't that possible for me? Like I could do that. You know, those women yeah. did it in much more difficult circumstances. Yeah. Uh, and yes, they were incredibly smart, but they, you know, they were portrayed as they were, which was also incredibly driven. Uh, and, and just as interesting to me is how we don't have uh, celebrated stories about women like that until now, or yep. we didn't have them until now. When I was a kid, no way. No way would I have seen any stories about them in the newspapers or in the news or in movies, really, right. uh, especially as a you know white kid living in the suburbs, but also in, in just that time, that sure. era. Sure. And now we're seeing lots of stuff like that. And, and the idea that there were women astronauts training uh, at the same time the men, but you, you didn't hear about those stories at the oh, time. Really? I lived through the Apollo era. I was really, really young, but I watched... I watched Apollo 11 and I actually saw the Apollo 15 launch. We went to Florida and I stood there and watched oh, it. Wow. Fucking so, awesome. Yeah, it was the Saturn V was amazing. Um, and I can't wait to see some of these SpaceX and Blue Origin rockets, these big oh, ones. Oh, no, the, they, the big ones that launch. are coming. Like, I, I'm 100% bringing my children to them. It's just, yeah. like, it, it will change your life. I saw one space shuttle launch and I was like, oh, well, that changed my life. Um, and yeah, again, I, I didn't become a scientist because cool. I'm not nearly smart enough, but oh my God, what it can do <laughs> to you. There's still something about it's it. Not, it. It's not that I want to drive 80% of the population to get PhDs in science. We can't, <laughs> we don't have the grant money for that. <laughs> yeah, um, no shit. But just, just having people, uh, uh, a, f a f woman I know um, on, on Twitter, I've never actually met her in real life. She's, she's an astronomer as well, was just tweeting about this today saying, uh, it's not that we want everybody to become scientists. We want everybody to become appreciative of science, to learn how to think critically, to analyze evidence, come to conclusions, uh, to be able to say, hey, is, is what I'm thinking right or not? Maybe it's not. Right. And what does the evidence show? Yep. And to be able to discern 
you know, garbage science from real science. And that is, right. I mean, not to get too political here, <laughs> but you know, the reason we are in so much trouble right now, the reason Donald Trump is president is because people aren't looking at the evidence, I hate to say rationally, because that makes it sound like they're being ridiculous about it. It's no, they're, they're, the problem is they're looking at it emotionally, which sure. is in many cases, a good way to look at life. Sure. Um, but when you're making decisions and, and the evidence is like, this guy is a racist, xenophobic misogynist, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that evidence is something you should be paying attention to. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> maybe. Well, and it's not, not, not even just not looking at it rationally, but it's also being, you know, manipulated uh, and, and, and played to their weaknesses. Well, there's that as well. That, you know? Absolutely, there's that as well. You want to be able to look at the evidence critically. And when I right. say rationally, I mean rationally as opposed to emotionally, not sure. like the opposite of emotion. Sure. Just two different ways of looking at it. And you have to use your emotions to make decisions. You know, if you're going to uh, you're going to buy a car or a house, I don't know, something like that, some big decision, you want to get something that's, you know, it's going to, oh, this one has the best mileage and mm-hmm. its its safety ratings are good. And you look at all that stuff rationally, that's great. But then you have to say, you know, am I going to enjoy driving this car? Sure. Is it, you know, is it going to be fun? Is it going to do what I need it to do? Uh, is it going to satisfy me emotionally? That's, that's f- a fine thing to do. If you have two things, all things being equal, and one of the other, one of these decisions makes you happier than the other, then yeah, hey, you know, that, sure. that's something to factor in. But if you're making a decision on who, who, whom I should elect for president, right. uh, certainly, you you need both of these things. Yes. Not just, you know, I, I if somebody rubs me the wrong way for a lot of different reasons, even if I agree with them, that can be that can make it more difficult for me to vote for them. Sure. I'm a human being. If somebody is yell if if I'm if somebody's trying to convince me of something and they're calling me a jerk and uh they're yelling at me and telling me I'm stupid and all that, I'm less likely to listen to them than if they're nice. Sure. Sure. Uh and so that that's that's just being human and so we have to consider that. Yeah, you can't escape when, that. Yeah, but, it, it's it's something we have to consider when we are listening to somebody, but also when we're talking to somebody. And and that's, if you want to convince somebody of something, uh, belittling them is generally not the best way to do it. Yeah, and, and you know, we've had this, we had a little sort of trilogy of conversations with conservative climate activists uh, who are real people that exist. And there's more than yeah, you Catherine think. Yeah, Catherine Hayhoe. Um, uh, yeah, right. Oh, interesting. They're just the best. Um, uh, we've got her coming up soon. And, uh, and part of their point was, uh, and again, what we try to do with each of these is like build a point at the end of the episode where we can identify some actual actionable steps that people can take. And, you know, one of them was like, stay out of the way. Let us do our job. You know, the messenger at times is more important than the message because nobody wants Greenpeace yelling at them anymore. Um, that's not going to change their minds, you know? And, and just, just spitting facts at them. Often the story is and how it is told and how it is presented to appeal to their beliefs and wants and desires and values, as long as it's still grounded in the science, will make the biggest difference. Because like you said, n- nobody wants people yelling at them. It's going to make you turn off, no matter how big yeah, the implications are. before you even hear are. the message. Yes. Um, all right, well, listen. So <laughs> I agree. Uh, yeah, we're going we're, okay. we're to come back to this stuff. Um, let's dig into it a little more. So... Again, we're going to set up a little context for today, a little segment we call Context 101 with Professor Brian, which is often 
Um, off course, oversimplified, uh, hopefully never wrong, but we've got a resident astronomer here to correct us. Um, Thank God. Today, yeah, we'll you know, right. uh, again, some of our conversations have been digging into the science of carbon capture. We're not going to do that as much today. We're going to, we're going right. to, you know, so it's less of a learning curve. It's more sort of the history of sort of uh, science communication um, and, and the tools and devices and audiences behind it for the past 25 years or so. So, uh, Brian, go. All right, so what are we doing today? We're setting up, uh, you know, trying to figure out a way to build a new, fun uh, science foundation. And, you know, that, that happens uh, in little bits all around, somewhere uh, between the classrooms and, and uh, you know, fucking around online at, at Khan Academy or, uh, or Coursera. And there's a huge wave of fun, uh, you know, in, in informal ways uh, to access uh, every, every day, uh, like on YouTube and Instagram. The physics girl we mentioned earlier, she's yep. pretty awesome. There's all kinds. I fucking love science and Nat Geo and uh, ASAP Science. All kinds of fun stuff. The National online. Geographic Instagram feeds. I tell everybody are some of the best things you can possibly they're follow, so and beautiful. no one ever believes me. And then you go, "Oh my god, they're incredible." Uh, yeah, they're. Fantastic. Anyways, uh, well, that's the stuff that gets people hooked, right? Little daily, mean, uh, right? Me right, little daily, like bite-sized reminders that science is awesome and inspiring and important and full of um, what are those things? Oh, facts. Oh yes, facts. Yes. Ooh. Right, which facts aren't cutting it, which is <laughs> super fucking clear. So maybe pretty pictures will, and storytelling has to be a part of it, and and that's why folks like Phil here are so attractive and meaningful. And yes, it's a, that's exactly how I meant it to come out. <laughs> you don't sound like a creep at all. Again, I can't disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, anyways, but in the classroom, right? There's the more formalized uh, battle, right? In the yeah, classroom, yeah, yeah, which is an, a totally another story. I mean, you know. The, the next generation is for sale. Um, I mean, I guess the classroom has always been politicized uh, right. from nuke threats and communism to our, our current uh, existential threat, climate change. Right. And, you know, thank God for, for warriors like Don Dugenhaas, who wrote the new textbook, like literally wrote the new textbook right. for science uh, in the classroom. Episode and, eight. Uh, so good. And, uh, you know, who fights for objective, comprehensive coverage of things like climate change. Right. And then and the young people, the ones that actually are in the classrooms who have basically said, fine, <laughs> fuck it, I'll do it myself. You know, because adults are just failing us left right. and right. Like uh, Teresa and Jay, we talked to with Don. Yeah. Who, who are, who are, it's not necessarily I'll do it myself. It's like, fine, I'll carry this burden because you people have fucked it up so much and are trying to poison the classroom. And they go and sue themselves. The, the kids that are suing the federal and the state governments yep. over climate change, you know, and the parents, the awesome parents who let them do that. Yeah, right? and support them. So, and, yeah, what's, what's how, the question? Well, you know, how, how do we inspire more and more of these people to, to love and embrace and champion science? And I know? think those are the levels, right? You got to think, hey, yeah, yeah. This, this picture from National Geographic is pretty cool. And love then it. you kind of get into science. Ugh. And then you start to champion science. And like Phil said, Maybe you become a scientist, but we don't need everybody to become a scientist. Yeah, but be enthused, be excited about it, talk about, about it, it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and for you know, go from making it a part of you know uh, your casual everyday life to perhaps drowning yourself in uh, those facts we were talking about, right? And reasons, reason, uh, you know, um, and you know, to to going into science yourself, maybe not everybody, right. some of you. Okay, so uh, that's kind of a bare bone explanation of where, where we're going. So. Again, the topic is like, how do we help build a more flexible, and I think it's becoming more flexible and approachable and accessible and fun Yeah, because you can't just be yelled at Science Foundation in America. So, Phil, you've been championing real science, uh, empirically proven science online and everywhere else, like you said, uh, books, 
since basically CompuServe, <laughs> Prodigy, apparently, right? Uh, so <laughs> maybe <laughs> before that. <laughs> um, God, uh, three quarters of our audience isn't going to know what that noise is. Isn't it's that so weird? Oh, I made a uh, Oregon Trail joke the other day. A bunch of people didn't understand what Nobody I was talking about. I was it. very sad. Anyways. Um, I have the opposite problem. I'm after that time. Oh, wow. Well, uh, or, or, you know, or I should say before like that, when, right, when right, trail before. came out, I was already like in, you know, college. So, so don't make any Oregon trail jokes. You won't get it. Okay. This, so. right, so I still won't make it. <laughs> it was a really fun game, Bill. It was very important. Um, you kids get off my trail. <laughs> yeah, right? Phil died of dysentery. Um, all right. So, I mean, look, you wrote a, uh, I love it. You've done everything you, you wrote, you, you had a website uh, back in the day, ripping on, on unproven science. Uh, you, you've got your blog, you've got your fancy new newsletter that I love. <laughs> you wrote a book. And, and again, it Couple seems books. like everything has been from the perspective of like, Hey, isn't science awesome? But the perspectives in the, in the, in the way you've attacked it, like the death from the skies is so great, right? It's uh, Hey, universe is inhospitable and doesn't give a shit about you and is probably going to kill us. But uh, science <laughs> is so cool. You're referring of course, to my penguin book, Death from the Skies, available at booksellers online, brick or mortar stores all around. <laughs> Going right in the fucking show notes. And by the way, I actually never knew that you did a book with uh, Zach Wienersmith. I-, I just finished the book he just wrote with his wife, Soonish, which oh, is so sitting great. sitting here in front of me. Soonish yeah. is amazing. It's yeah. so fantastic. I want to give it to everybody. But the you guys wrote a book about, gilling, about nerds getting bullied and how to respond to them. That's amazing. Uh, I wouldn't describe it that way um it's not like uh i haven't uh, read it this is what uh, i got uh, off amazon oh <laughs> i read death from okay. the skies but th- this was your description and i was like that's amazing no it's not like that it's actually um 128 nerd insults they're basically yo mama jokes tra- uh, translated into what? nerd speak wait that's because, amazing you know because yo mama jokes are perfect, not Holy cool cow. anymore. Right. You know, it, well, they were never cool, but uh, uh, it's not the kind of thing you want to write now. So we <laughs> turn them into, you know, if if you're in some sort of like a, uh, I don't know, East Coast West Coast nerd throwdown mm-hmm. <laughs> happens all <laughs> and the time. You, you know, uh, and so we we put together 128 of these. Why 128? Because it's two to the seventh power. Oh, and God. 64 wasn't enough, and 256 was way too damn many. Sure, sure. Uh, and there, wow. there, it was just a, a lark. He, Zach started tweeting these things, and I was responding with more. And then we started chatting, and it's like, this would be a good book. So we oh, did it. I love it. So did much. it ourselves. We, we uh, self-published it. Oh, that's awesome. This is incredible. Yeah. All right. So, well... Uh, Look, the point is, you're all over the yeah. internet. You're and this is off the point, yeah, a little bit off the Oregon Trail there. So. Uh, that's, that's, what, that's what we do is veer completely off course. Um, yeah. The point is, you've been around the block, right? How, a few times. How has the landscape changed as someone who's been involved using uh, proactively all the tools for all this time? How do you feel like sort of outreach and communication ha- has changed? pros and cons since you've been doing this up to now? That's an interesting question. And your, your metaphor is interesting. The landscape, the landscape hasn't changed at all. The path has changed. So what I mean by that is uh, when I was a kid, you got your science by watching, you know, Nova on TV. Sure. Uh, you'd go to the library and uh, check out books or you'd have a, a science class taught by an actual science teacher, mm-hmm. which is uh, a dying breed these days too. So so that path, I, I guess, is still there. 
But we have all these other methods of delivering science now. We have a million cable uh, channels, and a lot of them are, are dedicated to science, discovery and science, uh, a, a few others. That geo. And so that's, that's one way. Uh, the internet, which is like a, I don't know, some sort of like a highway that's super in some way. Mm, uh, that's so, but I mean, if only we but could I was thinking it down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, the internet is such a broad term. We've got uh, blogs and social media, uh, streaming videos. There's a million ways, you know, podcasts, for example, of consuming science that didn't exist, of course, when, when I was younger. Having said all that, the landscape itself, and by that I mean the the sort of the background, the 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 attitudes about science, the people uh, that you're trying to blaze this trail toward. I don't I don't know if that's changed. Uh, a, a lot of surveys show that I hate to use the word belief, but trust in science and scientists hasn't changed that much. The, the belief in in anti science. It may change a little bit. Horoscopes, you know, astrology, mm-hmm. uh, uh, creationism, these sorts of things. They go up and down, but typically they're, I mean, they're, they fluctuate a little bit, but typically they're, they they hold relatively steady. Uh, there may be a rise uh, locally in, in specific topics, like, for example, uh, people who think the moon landings were faked. That had a huge spike in 2001 <sighs> because Fox TV aired a terrible TV show about it. Uh, and then really? it, it was in the, it, the, the internet was young and, and this information spread like wildfire. Um, but that's kind of fallen back down into a background noise. Right now, you've got people who think the earth is flat. Uh, <laughs> these folks, for whatever reasons they believe this, uh. a lot of them are, are uh, sort of um, uh, fringe religious types. I've seen some videos of some of the folks who are really beating the drum for this and they're right. uh, like biblical literists. Whoa. Literalists, excuse me. Uh, one of them is a huge anti-Semite too. Uh, well, the more you dig into check, these folks, checking all the boxes. <sighs> yeah, it's really, really fascinating. This will pass. Uh, it, it's, I'm not saying we just have to sit back and let it go. No, but I'm saying that in in 10, 15 years, you know, we'll have moved on to some other dumb thing. Look at look at uh, vaccines. Uh, that, I, uh, this yeah. was sort of a background noise. People who thought vaccines were bad. And then Andrew Wakefield in, in England published this terrible uh, article uh, yeah. in, the, in a journal that was retracted. He was he was drummed off of the register in the UK. Right. Uh, but uh, once uh, it's out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, when you find out about this guy, too, he was huge conflict of interest. He was yeah. developing his own alternative vaccine. Right. Um, the, the study he did was uh, unethical. It just goes on and on and on. Um, but that was a huge spike, and now we're dealing with this. So people who don't think the moon landings are real or think the Earth is flat, that's that's bad, and I'll get back to that in a second. But it's it's things that have a direct impact, like anti-vaxxers. Sure. You know, babies are dying yeah. because of whooping cough. Oh, we got into getting, this. Uh, oh, yeah. My two, I, I brought a three. I have three three young children who are very close in age. I brought a newborn baby home, and the next week, my one and a half year old daughter got whooping cough. Uh, oh gosh! Uh, and we had to quarantine the entire house. And I already <laughs> had such an issue with anti-vaxxers, yeah. and I pretty much lost my fucking mind. Um, well, I can imagine. Um, I don't have to imagine. I mean, I I'm and by the a way, parent. She's I had the lucky the same one. Issues with my she's daughter. the lucky one because yeah. uh, a lot of kids are dying from it, and it's fucking insane. Um, yeah. Well, and that's and so that's the and other point, right? Is is so th- these tools have become 
more available and they're mostly free and they're easier to use. And, and, and there's a dark side to all that, right? Some folks don't choose to, <laughs> to use their powers for good. Right. Right. That's right. So, and that's, that's kind of what I mean. Magneto. There's a direct impact on things like health. Right. Uh, and, and climate change, right. which is a global issue. It's, it's, it's probably the biggest threat. Probably the biggest us. issue. Right. And, well, and like you said, there's certain things we're going to go through all the, uh, the moon landings or vaccines. We're, we're getting back over that. Some of these things are going to be a little longer lasting and it turns out your vote does fucking count. Yeah, there's and I guess the point I'm making is that there are specific immediate things and there's sort of a background hum. Right. right. And the background hum is important because it's basically based on people not understanding science or not thinking critically about the evidence they're presented. Well, and that's kind and of the point. Yeah, right, exactly. So issues. even when something is manipulated there's a, it seems to be we're at a place now where, like you said, people can't look at it rationally. And like you said, in the scientific sense and say like, wait a minute, that that's not right. That's not correct. That's right. And, and look, you know, I'm a scientist, I'm a critical thinker, uh, all of that stuff. And yet I get bamboozled on occasion. I will see stuff on Twitter and I don't check it as thoroughly as I should. A couple of times I've, I've retweeted stuff or whatever that turned out to be wrong and I've had to apologize for it. And that's, but that's part of the process, right? Is admitting you're wrong and going, yeah, oops. Sure. And he, here's what I screwed up. I didn't look at the date on that article or I didn't check to make sure that picture actually is what it said it is. Right. Uh, and so what I'm trying to do is, is basically say, A, everybody's fallible. And two, here are the tools you need to make sure that you don't make this same mistake. Mm-hmm. And that way we all learn from everybody's mistakes. Well, and, and it, you know, you were, you were looking for, like you said, the internet means so many different things now. It, it, it's really just a backbone empowering all these other things. Cause the, the two things that, that have really changed more than anything that it's created are this connectivity and amplification and how those two things go together to the point where, like you said, someone like you, who is so well-educated and well-versed and is a skeptic can accidentally you know, quickly, uh, without triple checking resources that they're aware of and they know of and they trust. And, and then the power that that has, right. But if, 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 if you don't do it, not once in a while, but rarely, but it happens, everyone else that isn't well-versed or, or hasn't even educated or, or embraced science in some other way, or, or been taught rational thought or, or scientific skepticism. I mean, Jesus, you know, we're the, it's just like the foundations are not there. And that seems to be a big issue. <laughs> it's yes, that that's important. And I don't, I don't want to downplay that at all, but it's no, also, tell, tell me it's wrong, um, please. Well, no, it, it's not. Uh, but there's, uh, there's more to it. There's, um, this tendency to, uh, cleave unto beliefs we already have. So I, you know, it's no shock to anybody who, who has follows me on social media that I'm a progressive. And so if somebody posts, uh, a, a claim that something happens that some some you know Republican senator said this. I'm more likely to believe it in general uh, than if it were something like you know this this Republican senator wants to fight climate change. Sure, that's something I would be more skeptical about. Because it, and there are two reasons for that. One is that you know we're tribal and we want to we want to believe what our tribe believes. Right. Um, also, experience. There just aren't that many GOP senators who are who are actually going to speak out about climate change in a, in a scientific sense. Uh, they, they exist. They're out there. I'm not, I'm not trying to overgeneralize. It's just an example. 
but the point is it's very easy for your higher level brain functions to sort of give it up to the uh, amygdala and, and let all those more basic instincts take over. Uh, and so it's sure. very easy to hit the retweet button when you're angry. Right. Uh, but, as opposed to checking it out, and making sure it's right. A thousand percent. But there's certain things, like you said, are 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 built in that we cannot change. We're, we're, it's going to be very hard to change tribalism as much as it's almost getting out of control. Um, there, it's, yeah, it's, we have all the facts. Yeah. The, the facts are out there. There's There's almost literally nothing new I can tell you about climate change except for... Uh, uh, some tendencies like sea level rise, carbon dioxide going sure. in the atmosphere, that sort of thing. Um, when there's some new record or some change or some uh, very small, or I should say a very subtle effect that is now becoming more important, like hurricanes, the strongest hurricanes are getting stronger, for example. Uh, that's that's a, an effect of climate change. Th- those may be new, but but ba- but all the basic facts are out there. So clearly... The problem is not simply saying, "Why well, here are the facts. Right. If I just hand these to you, it's not, it, it, the issues now are not scientific. They are political and psychological. Sure. All I mean is like, there's certain endemic things in, in literally in humans that we're going to have to program around if we're going to, uh, you know, try to rebuild these foundations in the smartest way, which is like, people are going to be tribal and, and we can't get around too much of that. And again, that's uh, speaking to the conservative climate activists, you know, that's, was part of their point is like, they don't want to hear this from people like us. They, they were like, that's exactly they were right. like, just donate money and let us do our job. And we're, we're just of the opinion now where we're just like, whatever Fine. the means are that gets us to the end. Yeah. Great. Sure. Like whatever helps us win over the, win over those folks. Sure. Great. That That's fine. Like we just have to accept that you're not going to turn these people into, into progressive liberals. That's just not going to happen. But if you, that's and, correct. And you're going to disagree on 59 other fucking things. But if you can get us to agree on on that one thing in some way, Jesus, we might survive this thing. Maybe, maybe. I agree. We're in the we're in the kind of the triage right. part of this now, where we have to analyze where we are and say, what is the most important thing? What is the thing I need to spend my time on? What is the thing we need to do to get, for example, this problem of global warming fixed? Hey guys, it's Quinn. If you're listening to this, you obviously like podcasts, and you probably like music too. On Spotify, you can listen to all of that in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcasts, so you never miss an episode. You can download episodes to listen to offline, wherever you might be, and you can easily share what you're listening to with your friends via Spotify's integrations with social platforms like Instagram. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. You can just search for Important Not Important on the Spotify app or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Very convenient. And of course, you can follow us so you never miss an episode of Important Not Important. Uh, Spotify is the world's leading music streaming service, and now it can be your go-to for podcasts, too. Now... Catherine Hayhoe, to bring her name up again, is Love a it. climate scientist, a vocal climate scientist. Yep. She makes these wonderful videos called Global Weirding. They're so great. Um, and I've I've first heard of her a couple of years ago, I guess. I don't remember exactly when. I've exchanged some emails with her. We've chatted back and forth. She also happens to be an evangelical Christian. Now, I don't know where she stands politically because she doesn't talk about politics. Right. She talks about climate change and she talks about her religious beliefs. 
Um, and so she and I might disagree on a lot of things, but I'll tell you what we don't disagree on, and that is the global warming and the climate change that's coming from it are a huge, critical, existential threat to not just humans, but to uh, life all over this planet. And so, you know, I'm not going to to squabble with with someone like her about politics or religion or anything like that. Uh, it's quite the contrary. Right. Like Why? you said, she can go into an evangelical church in, in rural Texas and they'll listen to her. Um, and that's not even a place I could get my foot in the door. Oh, God, no. I mean, uh, <laughs> and so I love what she's doing and I support her 100 percent. Right. Uh, you know, it's like, how do we empower that as much as humanly possible? Yeah, that's all we want. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk, let's talk about the ways that America's, uh, you know, science fundamentals are, are suffering. <laughs> our, our international rankings, um, for whatever they're worth, uh, you know, are not uh, wonderful. You know, math, math and science assessments, international math and science assessments show that we're, in the U.S., students are, like, right in the middle of the pack, behind, like, many other advanced nations. Sure. Uh, alternative facts, uh, Facebook drastically reduced, reduced work visas. Are any of those, or is something else, you know, our biggest weakness? Well, depending on what you mean weakness, it's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a problem. If, if the Russian government can come in and manipulate right. uh, enough people in our population to sway the vote, they can put a, you know, science-denying, racist, xenophobic, uh, misogynist into the, into the White House. I may have mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Um, no, tell us more. So, yeah. Uh, so, you know, here we are, we have a handful of these folks who can be the gatekeepers of all of the actions that we need to take. Right. Uh, there's, of, of the hundreds of things that, for example, Trump has done or his administration has done, although actually very little policy has been changed, it's had huge leverage. Right. Uh, and it's, it, it, at the very least... Um, even though a lot of the things he's trying to do, he can't get done because they're illegal or not constitutional. The climate is changing. Suddenly, Nazis aren't afraid to to talk about their awful, awful thoughts. And we have, uh, you know, a Breitbart and Daily Caller and these terrible, uh, you know, quote unquote, news sites uh, that are misogynist racist, just awful things being said there. Uh, and and they're, they're infiltrating the mainstream media. The mainstream media will not say that Trump lies. They won't say, uh, you know, this person is a, a white supremacist or, or things like that. And, and so I, I, I know that this doesn't sound like science, but it, no, it it's is. No, it's all applicable, though, because the, the people say connected. science isn't political. It's like, that's baloney. Of course science is political. It's done by people. Right. And when you have... The fossil fuel companies coming in and buying politicians to deny the science. Sure. I mean, the guy's running the frickin' EPA as a climate change denier, uh, and he's changing the rules to poison us uh, to make it easier for fracking waste to get into our water, for pollutants to get in our air, for chemical poisons to, to leach into our our ground and our, our our the water we drink. This is this is all political and it's all science. Right, and by yeah. the way, and it's all because we've been manipulated. And, and you know, it, a little bit of it comes back to there's certain scientists who still feel like science shouldn't be political, but it's like we have to be done with that mindset because because across the board, whether whether it's that side or the other, it, like you said, it affects. It's the people we put in the office who then nominate unelected officials to run the EPA or the Department of the Interior 
I mean, uh, you know, it's it's affecting funding for the National Institutes of Health. You know, it's a it's affecting funding for for basic science in the country. And everybody goes, why do we fund basic science? And it's like, oh, you know what? You're right. Let's just (laughs) forget it. (laughs) Forget it. We just won't do that. Uh Uh, And let's look at all the different things that, you know, that affects it's 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 completely insane. But so to me, you know, again, coming back to how you've tried to you're at least as far as far as I can tell and how I've always appreciated uh, your, your take on this, which is like science is awesome and it starts with enthusiasm. And I don't think anybody's going to become a scientist if, or, or appreciate scientists or proactively vote for it or ask questions about it in a city council meeting or with a someone who's running for their local district in Congress that's not going to be the first question they ask unless they've, they have at least maybe not even a lifelong enthusiasm for science, but you can't become a scientist. You can't advocate for it. You can't embrace it in, in, unless it starts with an enthusiasm for it and then being inspired by it. And from that front, now that we've torn apart America's <laughs> failed science fundamentals, uh-huh. you know, what are our strengths? What are the things that we can build on in 2018 going forward? To, to rewrite that so that, you know, when your daughter, who's technically ed- eligible to be president in 19 years, um, and, and my children, who are a little further behind, you know, so that it is a different atmosphere and a different environment, and hopefully sea level rise hasn't taken everything down at oh, that point. No. What are our strengths? What can we build on, Phil? Well, assuming uh, that the current administration doesn't lead us down the path to the world catching on fire, whether through global warming or nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Both uh, very possible. There are a lot of strengths. We do have an extremely strong scientific framework in this country between universities and research institutes and, and that sort of thing. We are producing a lot of scientists. We are producing a lot of great research. We have a very strong space agency. We're sending a lot uh, of those scientists back to their home countries as well. Uh, well, that's always been true. Uh, even when I was in school, there were um, uh, people coming from other countries to to get their degree and then go back. Yeah, uh, and maybe there's more now. I actually don't don't have any any known about that. But we're still, and even if that's the case, we are still producing a lot of American science. And I don't mean it's you know science that's only true to Americans. I mean just Americans who are doing science. Right, right. We are doing better representing science, I think, on television. I, I wish there were more, there was more time spent talking about things like climate change on the news programs. It's mm-hmm. given how important an issue this is, it gets almost no time. Know, so that, really that's, a, that's a bad thing. But like I said, there are dedicated channels to science. Our, um, our, our, our storytelling has a lot more science in it. We talked about that too. The movies that we go to see that have science in them are doing a better job typically portraying science and scientists. That's crucial. Uh, and it's, it might be easy to poo poo that and say, Oh, it's just a movie. But in fact, that these are stories and humans relate to each other through stories. We are storytelling animals. Oh yeah. There's no denying uh, that. And I don't want to downplay that. In fact, I think it's, it's time to champion this. Right. And to say, yeah, you know, our greatest weaknesses and our greatest strengths are two sides of the same coin. They always have been. How we tell these stories can be used for, you know, good or evil. Yeah, and, and you, you come back to, again, like Shuri and Black Panther, right? 
some young girl um, is going to dress up as her for Halloween. If it's uh, affordable, and now it, uh, you hopefully it is, maybe that kid gets a microscope and uh, you can say all you want. We don't know how, how, you, how much you can measure that, but that kid probably wasn't going to get a, meta, a microscope right, for right. Christmas uh, the year before, you know? And yeah. you have no idea what's going to come from that. And we have, we have a, a much better team of, of, of people getting the word out about science now than I think we ever have. When I was a kid, it, there, you didn't have a lot of huge names doing science communication. Carl Sagan, David Attenborough, mm-hmm. uh, James Burke. Uh, they were all men. They were all white. Yep. Um, uh, just having my friend Neil Tyson out there. Sure is such a wonderful thing. And we're seeing more women doing this. And when you go to social media, you're seeing uh, a lot more scientists communicating directly with the public. And uh, Katie Mack is a cosmologist, an astrophysicist, theoretical theoretical cosmologist. You're talking about, you know, the sort of the highest plane of, of difficulty in science. And she has a ton of followers on Twitter. She has people listening to her when she says stuff. And that's fantastic. Yeah. So you see all these different things. And, and I could go on and on. Um, uh, Diane Cowan, who does um, uh, Physics Girl. I think yeah, she's the physics, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Physics, blanking on it for a second. She's amazing. Yeah. The physic, I think it's The Physics Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Simone Gertz, who makes um, the, the Terrible Robots. Right. Uh, she just did a TED Talk. She's great. And just all these people doing these various channels of science communication may be our saviors. They may be the ones who are promoting science to younger folks. I mean, I used to be young, but I'm not anymore. You know, I'm getting <laughs> up there and I'm I'm part of this aging, middle-aged white guy uh, cabal who's controlled everything forever. Terrible people. Uh, and now, yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> and, and now we're seeing younger people uh, who don't look like, again, who don't look like me. And they're going to be able to get this message out to a lot more folks than I ever could. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, it's really impressive. It's exciting. And again, you hope that enthusiasm just starts to translate. I hate to say like more tangible, um, right. but translates into the institutions being reinforced and reinvented as a, as they need to be wherever they yeah, need to you be. Know, it, it, it's now that you say that it, it, the 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 terrible eight millimeter or whatever movies they used to show us when I was in uh, in school and it, you know that they make fun of you know on the Simpsons or whatever. Now we're going to watch a short film about <laughs> zinc, <laughs> and and it, it 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 was somebody talking like this the whole time, right. and it's you just you just yeah, why wanted we to talk like go that? into a coma. Yeah. Now go on YouTube and look at Hank Green's videos, yeah. the Crash Course videos. I made a crash course series. Uh, Di- again, Diane Cowan, who's doing these, um, the physics girl videos that she makes. Just, uh, I-, I could go on and on and on naming these things. Um, there's enthusiasm, there's passion, and there's joy. Joy, which is not something you really got a, a feeling for in the classroom or in documentaries or that right. kind of stuff when I was a kid. Now, it's an essential ingredient of making videos that uh, are popular. And that translates. And that, to me, uh, may be more hopeful than anything else I'm seeing. Uh. I love that. So that's all those people. 
you've been what about you you've been you've been as as established you've been around since the actual oregon trail (laughs) what do you see as your role now in in 2018 besides your fancy new newsletter and further going forward i mean uh, which you can get at badastronomy.substack.com going right in the show notes uh okay do you feel like the grail knight at the end of indiana jones and the last crusade like you've been here forever you're super tired but you're you know you still got your sword ready you know what what what's the what's the plan going forward gosh i hope not um that's actually an interesting analogy. Some wizened old person <laughs> sitting in a cave waiting to be discovered uh, and just waiting for the next arrogant bonehead to to turn into a, a mummy. Look, it was um, a great movie. The analogy wasn't perfect. Let's just roll with it. <laughs> no, but I kind of like that because that's not what I want to be, right? Right. Um, I don't ever want to be irrelevant. I certainly don't want to be a gatekeeper, which that guy almost literally was Quite. in that movie. Quite literally. Um, but... What do you want to be? Back in the day, I don't want to use that phrase oh boy. necessarily, but it's like when I was a kid, not yeah. like that. But you know, when the when the web was starting and there was a new thing every day, I remember when I was, uh, how old was I? I was pushing 40, working at uh, Sonoma State University in California. And I was telling the undergrads about podcasts. Mm-hmm. They're like, what's a podcast? And I'm like, oh, this is a really cool thing. It's like a radio show, but you can just do whatever you want. (laughs) And that's sort of been why I've been able to keep my head above the waters because I, wow, talk about not mixing a metaphor, but having it mixed anyway. No, let's do this. I've kept my head above the water because I've been able to ride that wave. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Wow. Uh, Keep it going. Remember, I I write words for a living. (laughs) Yeah. this is going great. Uh, but it's really been true. Whenever there was something new that would come along, I would I would either do it or be a part of it somehow, doing podcast interviews or, or you know, streaming video. I used to do live Q&A. Mm-hmm. Uh, people could just, uh, you know, ask me a question about astronomy and I'd answer it the best I could live. That was fun. But it's always, that's been the way, right, is, is doing a website, doing a blog, doing now, – now I've got this newsletter, which cracks me up because newsletters were big in the early 2000s, and then they kind of went away. Making a comeback. Uh, but now they're coming back. And so – and I think I gave the wrong address. It's badastronomy.substack.com. You can find it. Just look up Bad Astronomy. Oh, yeah. It'll, it'll be in our notes. There's a free version and a paid version. But anyway, uh, you know, that's a, that's a way for me – that that fills a a a niche for me that I couldn't quite fill. For the blog, I want to do a little bit more in depth. You know, I want to write eight hundred words, a thousand words on some topic. Yeah. Uh, but every now and again, there's and and, and and that might be investigating a Hubble image or a satellite mm-hmm. photograph of Mars or something. But every now and again, there's just a cool picture. <laughs> you know, look here's a volcano erupting from space, and the infrared view shows the vegetation getting eaten by the ash plume or whatever. Sure. And that might be two hundred words. Sure. So this is a uh, you know everything everything old is new again. So I can use this newsletter to to do that. So I'm 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 going to try new things. When, when yeah, I, I, to do. bring this up again, when Hank Green and, and his crew approached me and said, we want to do Crash Course Astronomy, do you want to write it and host it? I wasn't really that up on what he was doing. Right. I knew about him and, and John. But then I looked into it and it's like, well, clearly this is the right thing to do. <laughs> and now a couple of years later, it's got over 30 million views. Yeah, it's incredible. So, you know, I, I hope I'm not this desiccated, you know, semi-corpse <laughs> You know, waiting for people to come to me. I'm still getting out there and, and doing my thing. Now I'm consulting more on on TV shows. I'm consulting for a show called Salvation on CBS. Oh yeah, I've got a couple of other uh, hooks in the water. 
uh, Irons in the Fire. Mm-hmm. Nope, keep, keep it going. Any more cards going. to be dealt? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hot chocolates to be stirred? Yep. I don't know. You got to stir it, otherwise it gets chunky at the bottom. But I'm, I'm just trying new things, trying new ways of branching out. Because, like I said, you can't just simply give people facts. There has to be a story. Yeah. It has. There has to be a, be, uh, a foot in their door, yep. whatever their tribe is. Um, and so and that is the I, I will key. continue... Yeah, and so if I, I just keep trying new things and see what sticks. Uh, a lot of it doesn't. You know, I've tried things that haven't worked, and it's like, well, that was fun, but uh, a colossal waste of time, and now I'll go back to writing my blog. <laughs> uh, so you try new things, and, and I want to get across the facts, but I want to get across the beauty of science right. and the natural world. I want to get across my passion for it, and, and again, the joy. Because scientists dedicate their lives to this, and now it's not poo-pooed to show that joy, to wear it on your sleeve and to show it to people. Uh, And I I love that. I love that there are scientists out there now who are doing that, making their own videos, doing their own social media, and just being happy about it. I mean, yeah, Yeah. that's what moves you and grabs you, right, is when you can tell, you you know that what the person is talking about is, you know, they're, they're so incredibly passionate about it. Otherwise, why are you affected? Right. And, and, and that's, you know, all we're, you know, again, it works on so many levels. Like you have to start with getting people to give a shit and there's plenty of people out there that do, but infecting them with the joy is the thing that's going to make them go out there and start conversations at the bar with their friends or start conversations with a representative in their city council meeting and saying, what's our water health like? You know, and, and those are two levels, but they're not going to have that unless they've got the joy and they feel empowered to do it by, like you said, the facts, but also the storytelling. And, yeah. and and that could be the particular person they're bringing it up with at the bar or at their water cooler or work. I don't know. People have I don't water think coolers. that there's water coolers anymore. And, okay. <laughs> got it. Wow. All right. <laughs> um, you know, but it's also the reason they know to talk to their city council member or their state right. representative. Um, and this is part of the reason Congress is so fucking broken is no one listens to their constituents. But the purpose of the House is more specific representation to, to talk, to, to, to understand and be able to translate and um, appropriate the message of their specific community and to apply the science to that. Because you're not going to go to your city council member and go off on climate change and how sea level rise is going to affect Miami. They don't fucking care. But they're going to care if you have uh, a military base that employs right. half a million people or something like that. And and that's what's going to help move the needle. But they're not going to do that until they feel like they have the tools and the wind behind them. And I guess that's why folks like you are so important. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Roll with it. So no, when you, yeah, when you end it with with you know praising me, I'm like, what? Am, oh, what am I going to say? Yes, of course you're correct. Yeah. Uh, 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 okay, that, say nothing. That's kind of a funny bind to be in. Uh, agree with him and sound like an arrogant jerk, <laughs> or disagree and and sound like a falsely modest jerk. There's got to uh, be a middle ground uh, there. Uh, yeah. No, no. Honestly, I do agree, and I I think that um, uh, you know, I've got my role to play, and it doesn't have to be just me anymore. And for a long right. time, let me tell you, online that would have felt like uh, I'm not going to say it was just me, but I was one of the few astronomers out there when the web was just starting out. Now, uh, there's a lot of them, and that's good. Uh, So good. So I'm happy about it. 
So, Phil, let's say uh, I'm young and empowered. Uh, I might not be a scientist. Or ever but, become one. You know, right, right. Well, maybe I would. Sure. Okay. But, you know, I, like, I fucking love science. And, uh, you know, I'm progressive and I'm fired up about November, uh, to th- this November, 2018. Um, but I want, you know, I want to express myself on a daily basis, too. What's, what's my first step? How, how do I start to join and, and, and lead these, this new movement, you know? Who, who am I following? Who am I getting engaged with online? Oh, that's a really hard question because there's just so much, uh, which is always kind of the problem, right? It's a fire hose of information. Right. One th- thing to do is to simply, uh, you know, go into Google and type in scientists running for office in 2018. Love that. And there are a lot. Yes, there 314 are. Action. Check out 314 Action. 314 Action. action. Yep. Thank you. That's, yep. I was thinking 314. I couldn't think of their URL. Yep. Thank you for that. Yep. Um, that's all I got. They have a pretty big list. I don't, I don't think their list is complete. I seem to remember a couple of people I've heard of running who weren't on it, but the point is you can start there. Sure. Uh, and I know you've interviewed Jess Phoenix, who's running yeah, for Congress in California's so 25th awesome. district. Yeah. Yeah. She's a volcanologist. She's a, <laughs> she's a, a, a real scientist running for office yep. and there are more. Yeah. So that's one way to do it. And, and one of the beauties of this too, is if you, if you get on Twitter and you follow a handful of scientists even if even if you were just simply to go on Twitter and follow me on on there, and then go to my my Twitter page and look at who I follow, because mm-hmm. I have scientists I follow, I sure. have climate scientists I follow. That is a, a it's what we call a, a condensation nucleus in in science. Uh-oh. It is a nugget of of information upon which you can more things can condense. It's actually a term. It's like dust in the atmosphere that water vapor can condense on and, and form a raindrop. Uh, and so in this case, it's, it's an information nucleus. Uh, if you can find one person who has information about other people, then your footprint grows very rapidly and you can find out more and more about, about who's running and what the issues are and what you can do. Well, like you said, it's a, it's a fire hose, but why not curate your fire hose, you know, a little bit through these resources like that? Yeah, I do. And I have, you know, I have a, when I, when I read Twitter, I have different columns. I use an app and I have different uh, feeds for, uh, you know, personal friends versus people I just follow for information and that sort of thing. And you can do that with science. You can do it with climate science. You can do it with astronomy. You can do it with the science of politics and the politics of science. Right. And, and, and by the way, there, like, it can seem like we're advocating to build a bubble, uh, you know, which, right. is, which is curate uh, your in- news information sources. <laughs> but one, my issue with this is always like people have, have done this for eternity. You know, you listen to your drive and that's where you get your news from. Yes, yeah. it's much worse than it ever was before. But two, we're not asking you to do that. We're asking you to become better informed. And again, if it... Yeah, our bubble is based on reality. Right. And again, like, look at... <laughs> use uh, the magical Catherine Hayhoe as an example. The number of things we disagree on are, are probably large and wide. But on this thing, there's nobody better to listen to. You know? That's right. She, she is going to lead us on the path where we can actually have a conversation about that other stuff later, maybe. Well, right now, uh, everything else is, is going dark. Um, so once people are, have done that, what do you feel like are steps that our listeners should be asking of their representatives once they're actually following these people, whether it's tweeting at them online or attending a meeting or anything like that? Well, all of that. Uh, in fact, I, I haven't seen it as strongly now as I did a year ago, but when Congress was basically sabotaging things left and right, there were uh, campaigns online, especially on Twitter, to to organize people to call 
their their senators and Congress yeah, right. folks to you know here's a script you don't have to follow yeah, it word yeah. for word but you know here's here's and and there there are sites like um I don't know if this is what you're thinking of, but fivecalls.org does a fantastic Five calls, job. Thank you. There's literally That's an the one app. I was thinking of. I mean, it couldn't be, uh, couldn't require less effort. Right. Um, That's right. And five, yeah, fivecalls.org. And it, it basically says, you know, it, are you interested in these issues? Yeah, right. right. What's your zip code? Here are the folks you need to call. Press, Here's a script. Smash this button it's with great. your fat finger. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, basically it. And so that's important. Um, in my case, in Colorado, I have a, um, moderately progressive democratic senator and a far right senator. And so the thing is, you know, one will always do the thing I agree with and one will always do whatever he can to destroy the planet. So it, it's Perfect. just, it's hard if, but, it, but there are swing States. There are, you know, uh, some uh, moderate Republicans and, and moderate Democrats who can be swayed. Right. Uh, a lot of them aren't having town halls and they aren't doing public meetings, but you can call them. Sure. You can email them. Sure. You can f- God knows you can fax them. Some of them you have to you actually can still send fax. Sweet Jesus, Phil. Wow. I know it's true, um, but that's important. And and it, you don't have to go to the top, like you said. Go to your city council meetings. The the school boards. I haven't I've been hearing about attacks on the school boards as much as I did during the Bush era, uh, especially when Texas was putting creationists was stacking. The, the state school board with creation. Well, I mean, one of the conversations to... we had was with, I think we mentioned with, with Don Dugenhaus and a couple mm-hmm. kids out there, uh, Therese and, and Jay, you know, they dealt with the Idaho issue a couple months ago and managed. It's in a lot of states. Yeah. Right. Texas, it's... Oklahoma, Kansas, um, and Louisiana are the man. worst. Um, and, and with, in the case of Texas, they have so many students, they can actually sway the textbook industry. Right. And so oh in the nineties, that was a, a, or the year 2000s, I mean, that was a big deal. So anything uh, like that, you know, they say all politics is local. And what they mean is it, it really is it, these, these folks who are senators, uh, Congress critters, all of these folks, they started with town council, city council, state legislature. And that's where a lot of these rules are being made. Uh, and and that has a lot of sway on on federal and global politics. So get involved. Get involved is like the right. major theme always. Right. Um, all right. So Phil, we're getting uh, pretty close to time here. We cannot thank you enough uh, uh, for being here and chatting with us today. So great. Um, we would love no, to thank know. you for letting me soapbox for so long. <laughs> yeah. No. <please. laughs> oh my god. Yeah, thank you. Uh, who who else? Uh, who else should we talk to? If you have, if you want to suggest anybody. I mean, you've already mentioned a bunch of people. Across, but. across the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Um, for what topics? Anything. And it basically, again, our focus is, and this was kind of a different episode because it's a little more <laughs> philosophical, but right. the topic is like, is it an existential-ish thing that is either affecting our listeners now or will in the next uh, five to 20 years um, that see. either they know about or they don't know yeah. about? Again, could be positive and crazy like CRISPR, or it could be less good, um, you know? So any of those things that, that will help, um, again, like we kind of have today, we can develop some action around to, to empower, right. to, for people to go out there and, and light a little some fire under, under our asses. Right. Yeah. I, um, I, the reason I asked is because, you know, I, I was curious if you meant, did you mean astronomy? Do you mean politics? Do you mean climate we'll change? We'll take There's any of it. And again, you know, it's funny and, and, I would love to talk to you a little bit about this um, it is, you know, we don't catch shit, but sometimes space is the one where everyone's like, uh, no, I, right. I know space is cool and sci-fi. And it's like, it, yes. <laughs> However, but, we need a redundancy plan 
and we should be developing it uh, simultaneously while we try to save this particular rock in space. Um, right. So, so that's something you know. We're going to talk to some folks from JPL about uh, you know insight and and about um, the fucking helicopter they just announced. And yes. people are like, oh, do we really need that? It's like, well, yeah, we need to figure out why Mars went wrong and also if we can live there. Right. Um, which seems insane, but again, it's not going so well here. That's and that's a whole thing right now. There's a whole topic about uh, the idea of colonization and how we need to rethink right. uh, the idea of of you know quote unquote colonizing another planet. And I, I agree with that. Uh, it's the wrong mindset. We right. need to be thinking about exploration. But but you know, be that as it may, depending on what you want to talk about, the the thing I always tell people is go to my Twitter page. Go to twitter.com/badastronomer. Click on my lists. Mm-hmm. I have I have five lists. A couple of them are locked because they're just like personal things. But I have one called Sciency Folks, and and those are going to be <laughs> very technical people sounding. who, yeah, yeah and, and, but but some you know sometimes what you see is what you get. And when you think about it, it's like these are people who are promoting science on Twitter. So right away, they're going to be the kind of people you're going to want to talk about. Sure. They're going to be the folks who are passionate about getting the word out. And I've got another one called climate, climate folks, folks, and these are going to be climate scientists. And I'm sure you've already talked to a few of them. Mm-hmm. I know you talked to Jess Phoenix. You said you've got Catherine Ahale on your list. My advice, and, and this is something I've been getting more and more passionate about over the past few years, is I have this ridiculously big platform on Twitter because, like I said, I've always been sort of riding the wave. I've always been kind of on the forefront of whatever's working on social media. Sure. So over the years, it's built a a, uh, an audience far beyond what I would have ever expected. But the beauty of this is that now I have a voice. I have a megaphone, sure. a soapbox. Sure. And if I can hand that megaphone to somebody else uh, who has a different viewpoint than mine, I've learned so much from, from people who aren't white, who aren't men, sure. who aren't uh, cisgendered, whatever, you, whatever terms, whatever sort of, of uh, Venn diagrams you want to put me in. Uh, and that's really helped me understand a lot more. Sometimes I agree and sometimes I don't. But it, it's the, the the beauty of it is that I understand their viewpoints better. Mm-hmm. And if we could, even if we don't agree with other people, if we can understand where they're coming from, that helps a lot. So you know, go to my list, look at these people. Awesome. Uh, look at look at ones who don't look like me, and and you know, I don't need to give you anybody specific. You probably know all the same folks I do, but just looking down those lists, you'll see the people you need to talk to and, awesome. and whose voices need to be amplified. Awesome. Well, we, uh, we will, we will do that. Um, and, and, and again, to, to, to summarize, uh, what our listeners and progressive and just people of action, if you're not progressive, uh, can, can do to do that. Uh, like you said, g- get involved in some way, follow those sciencey folks, follow folks like Phil. And, and like you said, uh, definitely follow people that don't look like him and don't sound like him. And, and aren't as old or uh, have different perspectives or live in different parts of the world. It's and vote and, and, and just please vote, you know, and please this is fucking this, vote. this is the thing, you know, all these all statistics about how many young people turned out in 2016 and, and whether they will uh, this year after all the organizing and everything that's happened from gun control to science, to women's rights and civil rights. And, and, and you hope so. and, and there's actually been a ton, uh, it's a, a bit has reversed course on, on automatic voter reg- registration, which is amazing and should happen everywhere. And that's great news, but those people also have to go and vote. And so, so, so please do that. Spend the next six months empowering yourself so you understand what your candidate is for and what they're against and how that affects your neighborhood and your city and county and your state and your country and the planet, because, uh, we are all connected. 
um, for a lot of these topics, we're all in it together, man. So uh, do that. And, and even if you don't love science, just be informed because that can help you understand when you're being manipulated and, right. and led astray. That was perfect. Could you, uh, I'm just going to take that no. recording of you saying that was perfect and just, <laughs> just play it whenever my wife yells at me. <laughs> Not an endorsement. Awesome. Cool. Um, all right. So Phil, uh, we have a, a few last questions that we'd like to ask everybody, sort of a lightning round, if that sounds cool. Okay. Really? So uh, number one, when was the first time in your life that you realized you had the power uh, of change or the, the power to do something meaningful? Uh, there wasn't a moment. It was more of a, of a dawning realization pretty much around the time of the moon hoax TV show that Fox put on TV. When I debunked it, uh, in a timely fashion, like the day after it went up, that's a whole story. <laughs> I started getting tons of email, hundreds and, and maybe even, maybe even more than a thousand emails from people thanking me or arguing with me or whatever. And, and I mm-hmm. realized, you know, this thing that I'm just like hammering away, on my keyboard in my underwear at home mm-hmm. actually is impacting people's lives. Right. And over the years, you know, it's easy to forget that because I'm still sitting at home in my, well, now I have my Captain America pajamas I wear. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, still having, it, it's, it's good to be reminded every now and again. It's like, I get email from people who say, I saw you on this, or I, you know, I saw something you wrote and it really opened my eyes about, about this topic that I'm now thinking about and nothing makes me happier. Did that terrify you at all, knowing you had that power? No, because I'm awesome. Sure. Got it. Check. <laughs> Check. Check. And, and happily, I'm always right. No, it, it's, a, it's a responsibility. It really is. Uh, and I try, I try to take it seriously. Sure. I mean, I'm I, not 100% serious. I still joke and snark and be sarcastic and, and all that. But it, it's important. Yep. Yeah, it is. And, of course, joking is part of that. If you go, if you like go into my Instagram feed, it's almost never about science. It's mostly about my goats. Right. So there you oh, go. I love goats. Uh, all right, number two, uh, Phil. How do you consume the news? Through the internet, like almost every other human my age and younger. I actually I used to watch the local news a lot in grad school and that sort of thing. It was the only way to get the weather. Sure, but now uh, it's mostly through links from mostly Twitter. I hate Facebook and I try not to use it anymore. But I'm I try to get that information from again from people who don't necessarily agree with me or think like me so that I can try to get the news from different viewpoints. But that's mostly how I get it. And that sounds terrible because we always say, you know, 92% of the people get their news from viral crap on Facebook. (laughs) But it's like, yeah, just be critical about it. And And and, look into it. You know, yeah. Right. Like people I trust and people I don't. Right. Well, like you said, make sure your bubble's based in reality. Yeah. And I can tell you there's, there's a, there's a bunch of people on Twitter that when somebody quotes them, it's like, it, it's not that I trust this person. It, well, in fact, I do. I trust them to be wrong all the time. Uh, you know, I, I, I follow the I House Science them. Committee right now. Oh, and, and they are as Orwellian. Their, their tweets are as or, just it's right, out of, right out of like, a, a, maybe not Stalin era, but it's certainly there's a lot of Orwell and Joseph McCarthy going on. And ish, yeah. So, you know, I follow them because I know that anything they say is not only going to be wrong, but it's going to be uh, uh, purposely misleading. Well, and it's incredible because it just makes you go like, wow, that's like, that's the official feed. That's not some like crockpot in the bathroom after right. a meeting tweeting in yeah. the stall. It's like, oh man, that got to yeah, so wow. that's So I try to get my news that way, but I try to, you know, think about it carefully. Right. Yeah. Uh, all right, Phil. Last one. Number three here. If you could Amazon Prime 
one book to Donald Trump, what would it be? Huh. It, you know, it doesn't matter because he doesn't read. You know, look, we, uh, so we a lot of people said that, and 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 my answer is: imagine someone reading it to him. Yeah, it's right. It have to be a cartoon. Book. Sure, right. We've gotten that answer before. It's it's not okay, and and to just to beat this thing to death because I overanalyze everything. Assuming he would read it, mm-hmm. and assuming it would have an impact on mm-hmm. him. Um, it would probably be uh, Michael Mann and Tom Tolles. He's got a bunch of them. One of them's called the Madhouse Effect. The Madhouse, and it's about Madhouse. it's about climate change, and it's it's got uh, editorial cartoons in it by uh, Tom Tolles. Uh, uh, just a description of the attack on climate change that's been going on, and Michael Mann has been the epicenter of a lot of this for many. He's years. amazing. Yeah, we we uh, he wrote co-wrote a children's book with this wonderful female author we had on the podcast. Uh, Megan Herbert from Australia. Yeah, so good. Uh, it's such a great kid's book. Yeah, I've got that one. I haven't read it yet. I've just got a pile of yeah. books to get uh, through. Yeah. His, his stuff is good. Good news is it's take about 10 climate minutes. Wars and- um, but it's great. And he's obviously, you know, at the forefront of all this. Last one, because uh, we haven't let you do this at all, but please tell us something awesome about space that will <laughs> distract us from the entire rest yes. of our day. Best question ever. There's so much. What's something new this week where you're just like, holy shit, people should know about it's, this. It's not something new. Okay, great. Uh, but something that that still makes the hair in the back of my neck stand up every now and again when I think about it uh, is that when I was a kid, there were nine planets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, then there were eight. Mm-hmm. And Oops. and I could uh. we could do a whole <laughs> talk about, about putting labels on stuff that don't need labels. Right. But... For the past more century or more, we've been just we've been looking for planets around other stars, right. and our technology wasn't up to it. And then almost overnight in the 1990s, that changed, right. and we started discovering planets. Now we have tell us how many there are. Not well, we've discovered thousands. There are about three thousand confirmed planets known orbiting other stars. Mm-hmm. Extrapolating from that, because we haven't looked at every single star, right. we've looked at a sample. Right. And you say, well, we've looked at this many stars, and there are this many stars in the galaxy. Right. So if we multiply the number of planets we found by how many planets are probably out there, I mean, by, by the number stars. of stars that are out there, the number of planets you get probably outnumbers stars in the galaxy. So there are 200 billion stars, maybe, in the Milky Way, and that's just our galaxy, 200 billion stars. There are probably more planets than that. Sure. Not every star has planets. But most of them have multiple planets, like the sun does. Right. And so there are you know, hundreds of billions, maybe trillions of planets in our galaxy alone. It's incredible to me. I, I wrote a whole personal blog post a few years ago about the great filter question. Um, yeah. And, and that's, that shit just blows my mind all the time. It's incredible. And I don't know the answer, <laughs> whether we're beyond the great. I have my ideas. The great, whether we're approaching the great filter at reckless speed or whether we're past it or never going to see or whether it exists or whether there's other life out there, but just the numbers. And this is why I'm just, every time the James Webb telescope gets delayed, I cry a little bit. Um, just cause what that thing could, could, could find is just incredible. I did work on it before it was when it was still just on paper. Wow. So yeah. I've been waiting a long time to see this, yeah. this thing get launched. Man, uh, Phil, this has been so great. Uh, where can our listeners follow you online? Everywhere. <laughs> All uh, the places. You can you can look up Bad Astronomy blog. It's hosted on sci-fi.com, S-Y-F-Y.com. Okay. 
my newsletter is badastronomy.substack.com. I'm on Twitter as badastronomer. Uh, Instagram, I think it's maybe just badastronomer. I can't remember now. If you go to about.me slash philplate, mm. I have all of my social media linked there. Awesome. Awesome. Perfect. Well, Phil, can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for your time today. So and much. All you have done and will continue to do uh, out there. Uh, we just uh, pray you just keep kicking ass out there. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. <laughs> well, thank you for thank helping you. amplify my voice so I can amplify others as well. For sure, man. Uh, that's that's the, the least the least folks can do in, in and this the most we important, have to do <laughs> most important year of our lives. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, thanks so much, Phil, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon, man. All right. Thank you. Take it easy. Thanks to our incredible guest today. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We hope this episode has made your commute or awesome workout or dishwashing or fucking dog walking late at night that much more pleasant. As a reminder, please subscribe to our free email newsletter at importantnotimportant.com. It is all the news most vital to our survival as a species. And you can follow us all over the internet. You can find us on Twitter at important, not imp. Just so weird. Also on Facebook and Instagram at important, not important. Pinterest and Tumblr, the same thing. So check us out, follow us, share us, like us. You know the deal. And please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to things like this. And if you're really fucking awesome, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Keep the lights on. Thanks. Please. And you can find the show notes from today right in your little podcast player and at our website, importantnotimportant.com. Thanks to the very awesome Tim Blaine for our jamming music, to all of you for listening, and finally, most importantly, to our moms for making us. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.